Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. So one quick thing before we get started. For 2020, I have decided to partner with different brands that I am obsessed with. And this couldn't be more exciting because not only does it mean that I get to partner with people who I'm already loving and using and using for different gifts and in my life, but this means that I finally get to offer you guys discounts, amazing freaking discounts on some of my favorite things because I decided to partner with them as sponsors for this podcast. So I hope you guys are really excited because I am planning to bring you some of the coolest brands that I'm obsessed with. And that is starting today. So I've decided to partner with a company called Vincero Watches. And I'm thrilled because I'm obsessed with this watch. You guys have probably seen me wearing it. I am constantly 
looking for amazing gifts for my podcast guests. I'm looking for amazing gifts for my Bliss Project speakers, for our mastermind speakers, for my friends, for birthdays. And this is something that I have been getting people in my life that I love, not only because they are super quality, but they are so incredibly beautiful. You guys, if you're wondering what all of these amazing accessories are that you're seeing on Instagram all the time that these bloggers are wearing, this watch is one of those that just looks like it's super expensive. It's stunning. It goes with everything. The watch that I have has a beautiful white face and it is rose gold and it's just super sexy. It literally goes with everything that I wear and I've been getting tons of compliments on it. So they are exceptionally crafted watches. And you guys, as listeners, I get to offer you 15% off of your entire order. And they're going to cover all shipping costs for you if you use the code HAPPY. And that's all caps, H-A-P-P-Y at checkout. And they're honestly super unique. You have to go and check them out yourself at Vincero Watches. I'm going to spell it out for you. V-I-N-C-E-R-O-W-A-T-C-H-E-S.com. So... Honestly, any occasion, you could wear this with a dress, you can wear this to the office, you can just wear this at home because it looks so damn good in all of your Instagram stories. So you guys, Vincero offers free shipping, 30-day returns and guarantees your watch for two years. And they also have over 20,000 five-star reviews of verified customers. And like I said, I love this because it's that perfect price point for a beautiful gift without overpaying. People will literally love this gift and remember you for it. So go grab your watch. Go Just go look at them because they're so amazing. You're going to see my watch on Instagram, a bunch coming out. So 15% off these already affordable watches using the code HAPPY. That is capital H-A-P-P-Y all caps to get your discount. And let me know. Tag me. Tag them. Let us know if you are super excited that I'm going to be partnering with all of these different companies that I love and that I use so that you can get discounts. I don't know about you, but I'm obsessed with discounts. Yeah, that's me. Okay, guys, let's get started. And if you aren't in a place where you are being pushed out of your comfort zone into a place where growth is possible... Never truly be. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for tuning in. You guys, there is a multitude of podcasts you could be listening to. And the fact that you keep tuning in to Earn Your Happy makes me super happy. (laughs) So we have got an awesome guest on the show for you today. And I had the honor of going to dinner with this couple, which today I'm only interviewing one of them. I already had 
Rachel Hollis on. And now I get to have Dave Hollis on the show. And you're going to love this conversation. I am telling you, it is so much fun to get the other perspective of the other person and really learn about the inner workings of different people's businesses and life. And uh, when we went to dinner together, which we'll share a little bit on here, I can tell you that number one, this is what I look for in a couple. A couple who can throw down sushi with you. That's very important on my list. And uh, we checked the box on that one. So I think they love it as much as we do. And also just people who really love to support each other are laid back and also who truly are just committed to their vision and the people that they get to serve. And that is who Dave Hollis is. He serves as the CEO of the Hollis Company where he chases audacious dreams with his partner and CCO, the extraordinary New York Times bestselling author, motivational speaker, and world changer, Rachel Hollis. If you haven't heard of them, I'm not sure the rock you live under must be large. I don't know. (laughs) The Hollis Company is built around the belief that everybody is made for more. It exists to arm people from every background with the tools to change their life for the better. Their content is a mix of encouragement, authentic truth-telling, and tangible direction to make lasting change. They create tools and foster community to help people grow in their relationships, business, sense of self, and opportunities to impact others. You guys, I just scrolled through some of their pictures on Instagram and seeing their Rise conference was... uh, It gave me chills. It was completely overwhelming and beautiful. And I get to hear about all of the things that go on at the conferences, which I will make my way to very soon. And if you are feeling like you need to go to the next level, absolutely. If it's coming to your area or fly there, you guys, you need to get there. Uh, Dave has an incredible book coming out that we are going to talk about. And the Hollis Company measures success and impact. How can the media, live events, and merchandise they produce create real and lasting change? Outside of the Hollis Company, Dave is a member of the Motion Picture Academy and he sits on the membership committee. He serves on an innovation board called Fandango Labs, as well as the board of Will Rogers Motion Pictures, Pioneers, the board of Foster Care, Charity, Austin Angels, and the board of Pepperdine's Institute for Entertainment, Media, and Culture. He believes in the importance of variety in a career for considering any candidate. His myriad of jobs in research, publicity, talent management have truly rounded his expertise and affords an informed, solution-oriented macro view of any business. You guys, he has four children. He's an adopted father and a four-time foster dad. He's truly an incredible human. And before we jump into the podcast, I want to remind you that the Bliss Project is coming up. It is the last weekend of March and... I say this all the time, but I cannot stress the importance, especially after just getting done with event love. All of the women said they didn't know if they were ready, they didn't feel ready, or they didn't have the money. And they just got themselves in the room and their life changed. You have to just get yourself in the rooms. And I will tell you, the epic human beings of every level that come in this room to find their tribe, to find their answers and to connect, you will not leave without an answer because we make sure you step into your fear and get out of your own way and truly we support you in every way around that. Even if you're nervous, even if you're scared, even if you're just freaking excited, we want to arm you with the tools going into this 2020 year to make a total difference and have the connection and tribe that you want. So you guys go to theblissproject.info right now to reserve your ticket. 
We don't have that many left. We tend to sell half of the event out at the event, which is quite crazy, you guys. That says a lot about the event when over 50% of your participants buy for the next year at that event. So that is just a huge testimonial. This will be our, I think our eighth or ninth Bliss Project. And there's some big things going down here. I'm just going to say this one is monumental. You need to get here. It's going to be different than all of them for a couple different reasons. And I'm offering an opportunity to everybody there as well. So get your butt in the seat and let's get started on this podcast. Dave, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Lori, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So last time I got to see you was uh, actually over sushi, which that's just, we're lacking that right now. It's fine. We need, we need that. Actually, this conversation <laughs> would be better if there were wasabi. <laughs> well, maybe maybe light wasabi, because I think I wouldn't be able to handle too much talking with wasabi. Um, <laughs> so I am like, I love following you guys. I love seeing how much expansion is possible um, in such a short amount of time. And for us, you and Rachel are our permission couple. Like, I just think that when people are out in the world and creating things, it's like, oh my God, that is so inspiring. Like, that's just permission to grow, expand, and and if we can even just say a little bit of what you were just chatting about, like, I love hearing that you still get uncomfortable. Like you still get so like, you know, verklempt before <laughs> before certain things. Can you share oh, a little of that? Every day. And the crazy thing is I left what I thought was the like identity I might have for the rest of my entire life for the life I ultimately needed. And that yeah. pursuit required leaving certainty for uncertainty. So I chose mm. this. And I have to remind myself on an almost every single day basis that I chose fulfillment at the expense of being comfortable. Mm. And so my discomfort is every single day, a reflection of my interest in growing and good news, man, I'm growing on an everyday basis, mm. but I am also because of that pursuit, uncomfortable every single day. Before we started recording, Laura and I were talking about our upcoming business conference. I'm super, super excited about it. It will be bar none, the biggest thing that we've ever thrown, the most like number of speakers and like pursuing something that's new like that is so exciting. And, and the end for me is I came out of a space where everything just kind of worked, mm. right? I worked at the Walt Disney company for 17 years. I worked at Fox before that. I worked at these big businesses where I had big teams. There was a lot of infrastructure. Things just generally worked. Mm. And when something stopped working, it got fixed pretty quickly. And I'm now working in a space where we are less about trail maintenance and more about trail blazing. And the blazing comes with the guarantee of things not working as well as you would hope. Mm -hmm. And so in like our every single day and in the 10 day lead up to what will be for us an amazing conference, more than 6,500 people together, really, truly pouring into how they can grow their business or career. The excitement is balanced against the unpredictability of what it will be for us to throw an event that we've never thrown before. And that is uncomfortable. It's mm -hmm. disorienting. It gives me if I'm super, super honest, a tiny bit of vertigo when I start to let the anxiety metastasize inside of my brain in a way that is unhealthy. And so I have to like remind myself, hey, you chose this. You, mm -hmm. you said you wanted to grow. You said you wanted to, at the expense of comfort and certainty, be someone who could continue to become. 
And that becoming is, um, man, produce the, the very, very best in me and in growing, but also discomfort. Mm. So how do you, uh, you know, it, do you acknowledge that? Do you say it out loud to a lot of people? Do you bring it to the surface? Because I think so many people, whether it's a conference of, you know, 7,500 or whether it's a workshop of 20 people or something that's new and expansive for them, um, how do you like deal with it? Because sometimes just looking at it, like, I know it's going to be fine, but I can't control these things right now. What is, do you do a practice? Do you bring it up to your team a lot? Do you acknowledge it? Do you feel it? Like what are the things that you do to actually work through it without letting it consume you? I used to drink a lot when (laughs) I was overwhelmed by it, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, I would start to feel anxious. I'd start to feel fear, have insecurity, the like of imposter syndrome, whatever it is that was coming up that was triggering me in some negative way. And rather than deal with it, I would just try and squish it down and mute it and have the rough edges of how it made me uncomfortable become more comfortable by just pretending like they weren't there. Mm. That was a recipe for disaster. And so in a season where I've had to acknowledge, yep, you are only going to grow if you can fully experience Mm. the discomfort that you have opted in for. I am like seven months now not having a drink, which by the way, like leading into an event like this normally would have been the remedy for Mm. some of the anxiety. And I've had to find positive coping mechanisms instead of negative ones to help me process the emotion of preparing for an event like this. Mm -hmm. And I've had to become really comfortable declaring my discomfort to either people who can help, hey, I need some help here. Could you please pour some truth or some light into this dark thing that exists in my brain mm-hmm. to show me the untruths that I'm clinging to that in maybe making them now reveal themselves as being untruths, I can stop believing them. Or just in uh, to this morning, uh, we have a every single Tuesday morning practice here at the Hollis Company called Hoko Condo. And I had my team together. And in the midst of this last 90 days of the year, we're doing a challenge in our community called Last 90 Days. And the theme this week is fear. And so I, in addressing our team of, I don't know, 55 humans or so, had everyone in the room and I expressed the reality of processing fear in this workplace as a prerequisite to becoming the leader that we'll need two years from now and five years from now. That Just because I can stand in front of you and lead this conversation doesn't mean that I'm even immune from feeling overwhelmed or feeling scared or not thinking that I'm necessarily equipped for the things that we're pursuing. And then I gave some examples because it's important for me as a leader who's interested in credibility and connection with my team for them to appreciate that I, like them, am human Mm. and that I, like them, and frankly, every single person listening to the podcast, struggle. Struggle is universal. Fear is universal. Like dealing with the overwhelmedness of pursuing an exceptional life, it's universal. And the more that I can normalize that processing in my head by sharing my experience with other people, it takes a thing that would otherwise have stigma or taboo around it and makes it something that when it's not something that I'm carrying by myself, it feels like I can then pass the load of that weight around the community of people that I've brought into my experience and my struggle. And that, by the way, is a complete departure from who I was previous to us jumping into this work together because I came out of a role where managing optics to the press was a part of what I did. So I was very much a storyteller and a narrative spinner that 
in this social media environment that we live in that curates the kind of highlight reel version of everyone's best version of self, I only told people the good stuff, only curated the best stories. And that doesn't allow you to connect with people who might also appreciate in your telling a story about struggle, give them permission to have those feelings and process the things that are going on in their head. Mm. So I, I think along with the theme of fear, which I know you guys see all of the time in your community, um, I, I'm just hearing so much the word like overwhelm and anxiety. And I know that it's something that I've dealt with my whole life too, experienced my whole life. But I've found that through just either different methods of coping with it or different things that I'm really focusing on um, or really working into my daily routine that I'm much more able to work with it. Like it doesn't feel like anything that will stop me anymore. So for a lot of people who have a lot of overwhelm or anxiety, like do you experience with everything that you have on your plate any moments where you're just like, oh my God, when do I get breathing room? Or where is that coming from? Is it thinking about the future? Is it like really not being present? How do you manage? Do you have anxiety and how do you manage it? Well, most of the time, the things that are being provoked in an anxious state, in a fearful state, are the worry of the optics of what others will think if the thing I'm pursuing doesn't work well. Mm-hmm. So like, like the first place I would start is, who are you worried about not impressing? Who are you worried about being seen as not perfect? Who are you like, who, who, who are the other people who you are giving the weight of this experience away to that if you were to just make it about the pursuit of you being a bit better than yesterday, as opposed to keeping up with her or living into the expectations of him or conforming to what society suggests you should or shouldn't do, if you were just to pursue growing into a better version of yourself every single day, how might that measure be different than the standard that someone else has set that you're now trying to live into? That's the first thing. And even in that, before I even move off of that, like the thing that I have to always remind myself, I had anxiety about things that were related to what other people were thinking about me, my decisions, my actions, the identity I was living into. And the reality is that nobody is thinking about you. And it's tough because, man, we're all people built on ego and our self-image is reliant on them affirming us in some way. And the reality is, God bless them and you. They're not thinking about you in the same way you're not thinking about them because inherently humanity, all of us, we're worried first and foremost about ourselves. And so if there's any like pressure that is relieved by recognizing that nobody's thinking about the thing that you're doing, at least they're not thinking about it in a way that has as much or carries as much importance or weight you put on the thing that you're pursuing yourself, be free. Let, let yourself go from worrying about how what you're doing measures up to what they're, what they're thinking. And the other piece is like this big thing that we have to rewire our brain for as it relates to failure. There's a lot mm-hmm. of times fear and anxiety for me, and I think for a lot of people, is a, is a reflection of the way that we think about what it might mean to fail publicly mm-hmm. or to try something that we're not good at and not be great at it immediately, mm-hmm. you're not going to be great immediately. And the like connection that exists between growth and failure is so tight. So if you are interested in any way in pursuing a life that has growth as a part of it, mm-hmm. 
then you have to change the way that you associate negative things to failure and instead associate positive things to it. When I started a journey in the midst of being stuck, I was so stuck and unfulfilled because of an absence of growth. But I also had a real aversion to failure. And so I had to choose, was I going to change the relationship that I had with failure so that in pursuing things that I was not yet perfect at, I might make mistakes and in those mistakes, learn from them in a way that afforded me growth? Mm -hmm. Or was I going to stay stuck but not have to deal with failure? Well, when that's the when those are the choices, man, it's just so clear cut. You better change the way that you think about failure because the only way, the only way that you can be fulfilled is if you're growing. Mm -hmm. But the only way that you can grow is if you walk toward failure and see it as happening for you so that you can learn from the mistakes that you make to grow into this better, more evolved, more complete, more equipped version of yourself. Mm. Once I got that through my head, and by the way, like intellectually, I get that. Man, I get that. Emotionally, I still struggle. Like I think a lot of people struggle with the idea of what are they going to say if I make a mistake publicly? What will it say about me as a man, as a husband, as a father? What will it say about me as a boss of people? What will it say about me as a son, as a, you know, whatever the kind of moniker, the identity that you wear, there's always going to be that thing. But when you can intellectually appreciate, if you're not growing, you won't be fulfilled. And if you don't walk toward and experience failure, put yourself in positions where failure is not just possible, but you will fail. And in the failure, you'll grow. You can't be fulfilled. Well, now failure is your only option because mm -hmm. fulfillment is the end and growth is the means. Oh, so good. What do you say to the people who, like, they understand that, but they come back with a lot of fear around, yes, but this thing that I want to do, this is the difference between if I fail, maybe I won't be able to feed my kids or maybe I'm going to lose X, Y, and Z. Um, because I do think that there are those things that we do in life. I think anything that I've ever done has been risky. I've definitely been to places where I have you know, lost everything. Um, but I also know that that was such a massive part of my journey and my growth. But I understand when people have kids or they feel it's very dependent on that. Um, have you ever gotten a lot of pushback about that? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. You can't put your family at risk. You mm -hmm. can't put your livelihood. Your, you, know, you have a set of basic needs at the base of Maslow's hierarchy. Like You've got to take care of those basic things first and being in a position to not Put at risk something that would take care of your livelihood for sure. That's a, mm -hmm. that's that's where you got to start. But acknowledging that that's the case, there are ways for you to take on a side hustle, mm -hmm. but get up earlier to yeah. stay up a little bit later. Like when people usually use this as their reason why they can't, mm -hmm. they also can still tell me about the most recent episode of This Is Us. <laughs> and here's the thing, man, I want to cry, you know, I want to, while I'm watching NBC, like the rest of humanity, but <laughs> if you, you know, if you are still working your nine to five mm -hmm. and are convinced that quitting your nine to five is a thing you can't do because it put your family at risk, but you still can invest time in scrolling on Instagram, still can invest time in, you know, binge watching something on Netflix, still can invest time on anything other than a side hustle that might make the opportunity for you to leave that nine to five, a thing that you can do, mm -hmm. then you have chosen. And by the way, I'm not even going to judge that person, mm -hmm. but just acknowledge if you are that person that you made a prioritization choice 
that values entertainment, that values social media, that values something else other than pursuing a way out of your current nine to five mm. over a way out. And, mm-hmm. and so you just have to choose, like, how are you utilizing time? You all have the same amount of time in a day. Mm. So you have to make hard choices. You know, there are times when people say, I don't have time. Um, and I would argue that the calendar that they have is a reflection at times of things that they have said yes to that were other people's values, yes. not their own personal values, mm. right? And so sometimes when someone has asked you to do something and you've said yes to them, you do it out of the goodness of your heart, but also at the expense of your personal value set or at the expense of your priority set. Mm. And so if you, if you want to go pursue your thing, inevitably it's going to come at the expense of the comfort of some of the people who have become accustomed to you showing up in their life in a way that serves them more than it may serve your, your dream, than, than more than it may serve your vision of who you hope to become. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, at the beginning of Rachel's personal growth journey, I was not yet on board the personal growth train. Mm. And she didn't care. I mean, I think she cared. She was hoping I'd just wake up and like, feel like becoming a better version of myself, like she felt like becoming a better version of herself. She's wired differently than I am. She's motivated differently than I am. I did not feel this thing that she felt. Mm. And so in that instant, she had to make a choice. Am I going to sacrifice what my development might mean for me to keep him happy? Or am I going to make him uncomfortable by getting up at 5 a.m. to pursue my side hustle? And, And in that discomfort for him, make myself more whole. Well, she chose the latter. Mm -hmm. She decided to make herself this whole, bigger, better version of of her. And it came at my comfort, at the expense of my comfort. Mm -hmm. People listening right now, if you're not currently pursuing the passion of your heart, the fully unlocking of the potential you've been gifted, and you're still working against the calendar needs of people whose agenda is taking priority over your dream, you're going to have to make some people uncomfortable mm. and that's okay. Right. Like it, it, they may not like it, but you're the one that has to live with whether or not at the end of your life, you can look back and say, man, it was worth having made a few people uncomfortable to fully live into this gift that I was given in my talents and my time was best utilized or man, I have some regret, but you know, I did keep a lot of other people super happy over mm. the course of my lifetime. It's kind of a, one of the other things. Oh man, I could, I have, Five questions in my head, and I'm going to let this one win. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, this is probably one of the most frequently asked questions to Chris and I, and probably you as well. But um, our journey was so similar to that same exact thing. I kind of went on the path, really had hoped Chris, Chris would kind of, you know, wake up and just want to be a better version of himself. Um, but that took a while. And there was a lot, there were a lot of times where I was like, oh man, like, do I have the right partner for me? But I just kept going because I really felt that I did. Um, but the, the biggest question that I get, uh, from women is, you know, I'm on this personal development journey. I don't know if I have the right person for me. I'm not sure that he's going to, he doesn't want to do all this stuff with me. He doesn't want to go to these events. And we, you know, I explain to just keep being that light, but I think a lot of people, they want to know right now, like they want that answer. And I'm like, it's just not necessarily how it works. So how would you, you know, what would you say 
um, just for people to better understand, would be some good advice around just continuing on that journey uh, and what that what that kind of looked like for you guys. Yeah, uh, you know, I was in this very strange come together of events at a time that I now, of course, I can see it as like providence. I can see it as serendipity. At the time, it felt like a midlife crisis. Uh, <laughs> but I was going on this trans. I was in this like weird bridge between thirty and forty. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of success at work mm-hmm. and didn't have to work very hard to get straight A grades. So I was just not really being put in a place where I was either growing or fully using my potential. And my wife was experiencing this just growth in company, growth in person, growth in like who she was generally mm-hmm. in a way that contrasted against how I felt made yeah. it feel even worse. And in the midst of her really diving into personal development, I became resentful of the fact that she was becoming so full against the backdrop of me feeling so empty. Mm. And when she first like really went after it, I can remember like she'd get up at five in the morning, the like head, the, the plug from the phone hitting the floor very, very gently was a thing that I'd very aggressively roll over and grunt over, right? But it took for us, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, like truly it was a unfortunate time and man, it's like, I'm so grateful for it. Now I had to hit a bit of a bottom for us to end up having the hardest conversation, conversation and most important conversation of our marriage where my withdrawal, my resistance, my frustration hit ahead at the end of a vacation where we went to be together with our family. And I went on a separate vacation full of alcohol and withdrawal and playing video games instead of enjoying Hawaii, which is Mm. sad and ridiculous. We came back from that trip and we sat on a bed in our home and she had the conversation that more or less uh, was me being called on the carpet. Hey, Dave, I love you. I am going to grow every single day. If you choose to continue to not grow, we are going to grow apart. Because I, every day, I'm going to become a little bit better version of myself, a little bit different than I am today. And if you are stuck, then in a, you know, in a year, are we still going to go on a date? In two years, are we still going to make out? In three years, are we going to still be married? Spoiler alert, I knew the answer, right? But it took for me having one, the first piece for me really was she was modeling every day for six months leading into this conversation, the fruit that came in her investing in herself. Mm. Right? So she was leaving the breadcrumbs. She was doing the work. I was seeing the effect of her investing in the books, in the podcasts, in the conferences, in the way she was getting up, moving her body, everything. And then when we had this hard conversation, I was given the gift of leverage. Now, leverage sometimes is paint a picture of how great your future can be. Man, that sounds so great. I'm going to go chase after it. That was not the leverage that I was interested in, or I guess I should say I wasn't motivated. The leverage that I was motivated by was the picture of us not being married, of us exchanging our kids on alternating weekends, of me becoming an out of shape, overweight, barely sober version of myself mm-hmm. that when my 60th birthday came and we were around a table and my kids were raising a glass to toast what they were proud of in my having shown up well for them. They were left speechless because they couldn't really think of something great to say. Mm. That was sad. It mm-hmm. like seriously, it provoked like super tears, yeah. but it also provoked action. 
right? So for me, that hard conversation, her role as an accountability partner for me, creating an image of the worst possible thing that would happen if my inaction continued, that was the catalyst for action. Mm. And so I began a journey that for me started with un, like really working on understanding why. Why did I find myself in a place that I did? What was it about my limiting beliefs? What was it about my fixed mindset? What was it about my motivation challenges? You know, like Rachel and I are almost completely different. And I've always been skeptical of these tools. She was always like completely into them from the word go. She's intrinsically internally motivated. Like she has like warmth coming from her body with her motivation in the morning before the sun is up and I have to generate it externally Mm -hmm. every single day. I'm trying to find a way to be motivated and it's hard. And she's always been growth mindset oriented. And I was just a person who was fixed mindset. And so I had to go on this journey of like, what book can I read to help me understand mindset? I picked up Carol Dweck's book mm-hmm. called Mindset. Fantastic. Let me talk about habits. Okay. So I got Charles Duhigg's book, Power of Habit. Try to understand how instituting some you know, every single day practice and routine and habits, understanding cues and how to change out, change out the you know, response in a way that doesn't you know, get in my way. Doing the work of sitting on the couch of a therapist and really understanding my wiring from childhood and why it helped lead me to the bottom of a, of a ditch so that I'd actually have a, a vehicle to try and climb out. Mm-hmm. And so that began the journey. Now, the great news is because of Rachel having stayed consistent with her pursuit of excellence on this growth journey that she was on, she was the person who was able to, on the edge of this gully that I was trying to get out of, throw a rope in so that I could actually start to get out. She had a sense of which tools would help. She had a history in having first sat in therapy. She knew this book, then this book. And it, as I reached for things, she was the one that was able to help me reach for more. And so if you're the person listening and you're like, man, my partner, just not on this train, the first piece of advice is stay on your plan. Do not meet that person in the ditch. I wanted nothing more than for Rachel to come and sit with me in the mediocrity, in the, in the sadness, in the feeling stuck. But if we'd both been stuck, there, wouldn't been a, there would not have been someone to throw a rope. And certainly there wouldn't have been someone modeling what it looks like to reach for and, and enjoy the fruit of investing in yourself. And then two, as they get to a place where you can talk to them about what it might mean for your relationship in a way they can hear it, right? I needed to be in a, in a place where it had gotten bad enough where I, she knew that I needed to hear it. I was ready to hear it. And she represented it in a very, very thoughtful way. That conversation we had on the bed, she'd been thinking about and praying about for months. Mm. She, she brought it to me in the most delicate, considerate of my ego, considerate of my masculinity, considerate of how I could receive it. And mm. And in a way that I wouldn't, you know, like I, I tend to be a defensive person and a litigator by wiring. It was like, listen, I don't want to, I don't want to debate this. I just want to tell you how I'm feeling. And she brought it up in a way that I could hear it. So, um, you got, you know, it's. I think it's a combination of a whole host of things. The biggest thing, sorry, this is the longest answer in the history Ooh, of time. <laughs> stick, like, just stick with your belief in you becoming better, you becoming bigger, you becoming. A stronger light source for the person who maybe is struggling in the dark. Because when I 
finally was able to clear the fogginess out of this two years. I mean, I, we, we've been married for 15, right? For 12 years, we were both crushing. And I just, I hit something in the midlifeness, in the job dissatisfaction, in feeling stuck, in my like struggling with certainty in a world where I needed uncertainty, that I fell into this funk. And the funk was about a two-year kind of thing, but it, you know, at the time, it felt like this is just as good as it's going to get for the rest of the time. And it wasn't until I was able to finally lift my head up and see, oh, no, 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 wait. She's found ways to grow and become better every single day. I bet if these things work for her, they could work. Mm. So good. I mean, whether that's your whether that's your partner or a friend or people in your family, I think a lot of what you said can be completely applied to that because we all, if we are on a personal growth journey, I think we all have those people who are like, "I'm not going with you right now." <laughs> yeah, and it's just kind of the 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 waiting period, or like you said, the the conversations. I will say this though, and this is going to be hard for somebody to hear. Mm-hmm. In the midst of me deciding to take action. I had to do an audit of the most important influences in my life that mm. weren't my wife. And it turned out that most of them were reiterating a narrative of this being as good as it got, mm. that this is just what it is to be this age with this many kids that, that you know, and, and that narrative, that narrative that was being spoken into me by these influences on all sides that weren't Rachel had me believing that lie. Oh my God, and so, yeah. right? Like, so, it, you know, you may, as, as a person who's, you know, reaching for growth, if the rest of the circle of your partner isn't something that necessarily leaves them believing that they can reach for and become a bigger, better version of themselves, there may be some auditing that has to take place. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing. Doesn't mean like shut people out of your life. Doesn't mean like goodbye, it's over and done. But it may require that you change the way that you give weight to the influence and the importance of the voice of people who have misaligned vision for their future. If there's mm-hmm. hopelessness in the circle and you're hoping to have a better future, you need to change mm-hmm. the circle. Oh, I have that conversation all the time because I actually went through a phase in my life where I had to step away from my family for about three years due to different religious ties and things like that. Um, just where I had to go discover who I was and and be strong enough to not keep falling back into habits uh, that you know and beliefs and fear around just everything in life. Um, and that was that's probably still the toughest thing to tell people is like, yeah, there was a three year period where I was not talking to my family because I just wasn't strong enough to not fall back into those habits or fear beliefs or, you know, keep questioning myself and my faith. So that's, it's so tough, but it's, it's my truth. I don't know how to not, you know, I don't know how to get around that when people come from a similar background. So what is something for you two that when you have conversations with each other about what it's taken to get to where you're at, do you ever have those moments where you're like, if people really knew what it took, or if people really knew how to do it, it would look like this. Like, what are those things that you want to say to people of what it actually really takes that are tough truth to tell people? Well, we had to commit, especially in working together. So we've been working together since June of last year. Mm -hmm. So a little more than like about a year and a half. And when we started working together, we had to commit to this idea of radical candor in our 
professional life, but also our personal life. Mm-hmm. If you have not, if you type into Google Radical Candor, there's a 22 or so minute YouTube video that Kim Scott, I want to say her name is Kim Scott, yep. has done. Uh, it is, it's, a, it's a great watch. Uh, when I previously uh, led big teams, I had every single person on the team watch this video. And then we tried to just culturally embrace the idea of um, radical candor. And, and the idea very simply is, in real time, if there's something that has come up in either you feeling a certain way or you observing something that is disconnected from the values you've suggested you are hoping to or that they, as mm. a person inside of your orbit, are hope, hoping to exhibit, that you will privately pull them aside and have a real-time conversation to give them some feedback so that small things don't fester and become big. Mm-hmm. And so when we're, we're together so much, and I love this woman more than anybody, everybody. I mean, we're best friends. We have been best friends first. But now that we spend as much time as we do, and we have the classic clashes that a creative, that's her, and a pragmatist operator, that's me, would have in trying to chase all of the opportunity for impact that exists here, we have to push away from the emotion that might normally be a roadblock and you know, helping in pulling us off track and instead just say, look, let's in real time address this thing. My intention was this. It is not what you believe it to be. My intention was this. Mm. Or I appreciate that this may be received this way. That is not what I am you know, uh, trying to get across. Or um, in real time, interestingly, when we can identify why the person is having the emotional reaction that they are, we'll actually call it out. Respectfully, I think ego is playing a role in your reaction here. And this is not, I'm not attempting to undermine you from an ego perspective. Or I think pride, or I think, you know, this, that, like we talk about it so often now that wading into hard conversations is as normal as us giving each other a smooch at the beginning and end of the day. Like it's just, it's just normal. So we've normalized conflict uh, in a way that's super constructive and allows us to in real time push through things. So that's one. we also, I mean, this is going to sound strange, but in the rare times when it does bubble into something that approaches a fight, we're just not fighting people, so we don't fight that often. But when we get to the place where, man, this is serious, we send emails to each other, articulating it in, a, in a way that's more thoughtful than sometimes the emotion that it can be wrapped up in trying mm-hmm. to spend like they're saying something. You're not really listening to what they're saying. You're thinking of how you're going to respond before they right. say the thing. Like, no, no, no. I'm going to take a second and try to uh, you know, help you understand the importance of this thing. So uh, I have been the recipient of the hardest thing to read and the most important thing to read in this role that I have as CEO here, or frankly, as the husband to my wife, in that when I have veered into that's a bad coping mechanism. Oh, that's not serving the team. You know, she's there to hit me with a dose of truth because I need it. Even if it, 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 like, it doesn't taste good necessarily, but that medicine is important to making sure that I um, can stay connected to our mission here or the value that we have in having an exceptional relationship. Mm. It's taken to like, just sorry, I know you asked this question a long time ago, but it's like the thing that it's really taken is for us to be very deliberate with our morning routines, our daily. So we are creatures of habit. We get up every single day at the exact same time, 5 a.m. 
We go through the same routine every day. Mine a little bit different than hers, but we spend time in prayer and meditation. We do a gratitude practice and an intentional goal setting practice. We work out every single morning. We drink half our body weight in water every single day. We're consistently meal planning and know before we get to the day what we're going to actually eat. We are religious about uh, Thursday night, date night, every single week. Doesn't matter what is happening in our week. Doesn't matter if we like each other or not. Mm. We are going on a date every single week. Intimacy, yep. We still make out on the regular. And we frankly do it even when we're not that excited about the hard nature of the day or the fact that maybe we were arguing about something you know earlier in the day. Um, we're just committed to it. And so like, Anything that feels like it's big gets smaller when you have the routine that one engineers your startup day to give you the energy to actually pursue everything you want to try and chase in the day. But mm -hmm. that also when we run into things, we run into things on an almost everyday basis. We still can come back to home base with mm -hmm. us having a makeout sesh, with us eating a good dinner, with us going on a date night, you know, doing the things that help remind us why we're in this thing together. Oh, I love that. Just remind and diffuse. Chris and I have a nightly walk that it, we also, it's its a space to connect, but it's also the space where whatever is festering is going to come up. So I think, you know, by you guys practicing rad radical candor in the moment, I know you have team around a lot. So sometimes maybe things aren't appropriate to say with team. So maybe you do that through email, but do you have um, you know, I'm talking a lot about making sure that people have spaces created to either connect or for those conversations to come up because sometimes you are around people all day. So is there something that you do to like work in the space or is it literally just like, hold on, we're going to step away and do this? Well, we carpool most days, okay. which is such a weird thing, but like the, the amount of things that we process in a 26 minute drive yeah. from where we live to where we work, there's a lot, but also, uh, we have an open office plan here and three buildings that are in close proximity to each other. And then our offices are just down the hall and separate from mm. the kind of general population. So we can have okay. a private conversation pretty easily without having to have the team worry that mommy and daddy are fighting. <laughs> um, but also, you know, like this isn't, we're, we're, we're so passionate about the work that mm -hmm. this is the thing that you get home and we turn off. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it would be disingenuous to like not be excited or geeked out about the work that we're doing at 8.30 p.m. if something awesome comes up in your head or you want to talk through it. The converse flip side of that is we're, we haven't, like I want to put a chart up, like no accidents in how many days, like no problems in how many days. It would just be stuck at zero because mm -hmm. like we haven't had a day yet where we didn't make one mistake, where there wasn't something that didn't work perfectly. As much as I came out of environments where things generally work, things generally don't work as well in an entrepreneurial startup kind of environment. We, we got here in June last year with four people and we now have 55. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people to onboard and to define who does what and to figure out the ways of working and the process and everything else. And guess what? We're still figuring it out. I'd like to think because of how ridiculously big our vision is for how much impact we can have that we're not going to get to a place where all of a sudden things just start working well for years, for like for years and years. And so this like steady state of disruptive, sometimes chaos, but normally like 
learning from having stepped in something and then, you know, taking the learning and becoming better from having had that failure show up for you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just the way things go. And what I've, <laughs> what I'm processing in real time with Rachel is I am in the operator, you know, I've got the finance folks and the people who make product and the people who throw the events as a part of the teams that I manage. She mm-hmm. has the creative responsibilities. When we're at the end of our day and she's talking about the things that she wishes work better, she just likes to solve a puzzle. She's excited about bringing up her observations. And prior to us working together, this is just the way that we were for 12 years of our, 13 years of our marriage. We'd have days, we'd come home, share the experiences of our days, and it just felt fine. Now, when she brings up the challenges of the day, I sometimes can default into this place of hearing this is broken as Mm. it's your fault for not having preempted this from breaking or you're complicit Ah. somehow in not having kept this problem from existing. And that's not her intention, right? Like I have to separate her interest in just talking through the opportunity to make things even better at the company with blaming which is just mm-hmm. not actually what's happening i just that that's the emotional immaturity of someone who's always trying to make things better versus her like again i think it goes back to a little like my fixed mindset history and her growth mindset history she sees problems and is like let's go this is awesome i see problems and i'm like oh no what does this say does this indict mm-hmm. me in place not being awesome we, I so res, I like resonate so deeply with that. I see that all the time with, well, Chris lo- loves to fix things as well. So he kind of is just like, when I say things I want to change or we don't have this person yet or whatever that is, I like to talk about it because I keep this ongoing list in my head that I'm just really kind of, this is in the forefront. These are things I desire and what I want to work better. And sometimes he can be like, well, why we haven't done this is this or this <laughs> and explain it to me. I'm like, no, no, this is just me being excited. So now he knows that. Sometimes I'll still throw that in. And then he likes to get to the heart of a conversation immediately. And sometimes for me, that can feel a little cold. Like there's no, no warm up there. So, um, for me, I've really learned like, oh, that's just him really trying to make best use of this time. So it's crazy how, I mean, like we're just, I learn every single day with working with my partner and my team. So something that comes up from that, that I want to ask you is, you know, when you're an entrepreneur and when you run as many people as you do, there is problems every single day. And I am in this place of like just actually radical acceptance of what's coming up and not getting emotion like emotionally tied to anything that comes up and looking for the solution. So what do you do? Because I think people suppress themselves from actually reaching the success that they want out of fear of crisis or, you know, the breakdown or, you know, what if I throw this event of 7,000 people and things go terribly wrong? Like, what do you do? Do you go to that place and accept it? Do you, what's your coping mechanism with that? Well, I used to really struggle with it because, again, like the history, my muscle memory only came out of highly functional, functioning well organizations. Mm. And the absence of that functioningness here made me worry that maybe I was the wrong fit to lead the organization. And Mm. what it's taken is for me to find people who have experience in operations like ours that are scaling fast, that have the interpersonal, the infrastructural, the like the things like, hey, there's no process here. There's no this here. Like <laughs> there are plenty of things that don't exist yet. Who else has had experience in needing these things but not yet having implemented them? Find these people and have them represent some of the truth of their experience so that it normalizes mine. Mm. 
uh, Rachel was speaking recently on the stage of John Maxwell, and he's become an awesome resource for her in her experience with what it means to write these books and do this work. And he, in, in some really beautiful ways, has been able to normalize some of what has been overwhelming for her in just this last year, year and a half. But when I was backstage with him the other day, I said, so I was like, I was complaining ish about the constant, you know, the, the constant state of problems that exist in this work. And he said, and he's like, just like the king of awesome one-liners. He said, a leader never has two good days in a row. Mm. A leader never has two good days in a row. It doesn't matter if you're in a startup or if you're running a Fortune 500 company, you're going to have stuff that inevitably just shows up. It's the price of admission. So number one, like you just need to accept that that's part of what happens. Two, I have to keep reminding myself that I got, you know, I got my, I got my tattoo on my arm. I have to look at it every single day. A ship in harbor is safe, but that's not what ships were built for. Mm-hmm. I left the harbor. I left the Walt Disney Company, having a job that meant something to other people, afforded my family security, had like the trappings of what the outside world would say was a perfect environment for someone to work inside of, but that left me totally unfulfilled near the end of my journey. And by the way, because the teams were so good, the product was so good, I was the head of sales and selling things that were as good as they were, just didn't require that much effort, right? So I decided to leave certainty for uncertainty. I chose this. And the great thing is I have experienced in the last 18 months, the very, very best version of myself. And it's been the hardest it's ever been on me personally. I have experienced the best in what it means for me to be a leader. And it's been impossibly difficult and jarring to my identity. I've uh, experienced the very, very best of our marriage, period. Mm. And it is the hardest that we have ever had to work to have an exceptional marriage. And so what I, like, why I bring up the tattoo, like, if you are interested in exceptional, then you have to get off that dock. One, as a reminder that you're built for it, because I do have to remind myself every single day, I was built for the choppiness of these waves. Two, being out in the seas comes with the reality that the waves are going to crash up over the deck. It's not maybe will it or are you going to get it on a good date? Nope. If you're going to pursue a life full of growth, full of intent, full of like calling work, uh, doing things that happen to and fully maximize the potential that you've been gifted, well, you just get used to the fact that it's choppy because mm-hmm. you can either have a life that is mediocre, have a life that is underfulfilled, have a life that doesn't tap into potential, or have one that comes with a chop. It's one or the other. I love that. And I think I think people don't think that it gets better. And I, I really do think that it goes through those seasons of like, it's like how sets of waves come. Like you're going to have some that are so big and overwhelming and you feel like you're never going to be able to like swim out past the break. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you get like this calm. And it's just like, you don't know when the next set is coming either, but just enjoy that calm. So I love that. Um, you have an awesome new book out. And something I want to know about your book though. So your book is Get Out of Your Own Way, which that's the perfect title for us every day. Um, <laughs> you can just read the title. Uh, what I want to know, because I've written a book as well. It was so 
amazing yet emotionally confronting. I would watch myself become a different person when I would have to sit down and just be uncomfortable with like all of the things that would come up. So what are some of the things that came up for you even while writing this book? I feel like I could write a book about writing a book. Yes. I mean, yes. it's really, it's uh, <laughs> number one, it is, uh, it is the greatest work product of my life. Awesome. Period. I've had a very um, successful career. I, I've done a, a whole host of things inside of the entertainment space. This book, period, end of sentence, is the greatest success that I have produced. And wow. whether it sells uh, 25 books or 25 million books, it is going to be, it, it already is the most successful thing I've ever created. I'm so, so proud of it. Now, it was excruciating mm. work. It was um, in part because uh, there's, I mean, like man, layers on layers. When I first was handed "Go Wash Your Face," which you know was not Rachel's first book, but certainly was her first big commercial success, I tried my very best to convince her to not release it, which is crazy because it's almost sold four million books now mm-hmm. in a year, a few years of time. But like, I was overwhelmed with worry for the amount of transparency she was going to afford the reader in telling all these stories that no one should actually tell and to have come full circle and see the impact of this book and have written a version not it's not my version of her book but it is an attempt to take a similar format in that i start with the 20 lies that i believe that kept me in my own way similar to the 20 lies that she believed but i tell them through the lens of someone who was skeptical of the tools including a tool like the book I wrote um, that was fixed mindset oriented to her being more growth mindset oriented and someone who has always struggled with motivation and how as a person wired like me, I had to persevere through the finding of truth to the lies that would keep me stuck. Now, the lies, they turn out to be the 20 stories that I don't really want anyone to know because it's the stuff that normally, especially uh, in particular as a man, but like just generally, we don't share uh, against the backdrop of curated perfection on social media. You definitely are not, you know, usually talking about the ways that you struggled. And here, I tried to find a way to talk about how I've struggled 20 times over to illustrate that in that struggle, a lesson was learned. And in that lesson, I was able to, and applying it to my life, stay out of my own way. So that if you as the reader relate in any way to how, I struggled in your own life, but maybe you can apply some of my learning to stay out of your own way yourself. So I get into I get into kind of all the things. Mm-hmm. I, I talk about the way that I struggled with negative coping mechanism like drinking, thinking that a drink would make this better. It did not. Um, and, and I'll be honest, like getting getting my book edits back on this very book is the day that I had to I, I had to make a decision to stop drinking for a year. And that year anniversary is the day I got my book. Wow. Because that much red, like you open up your edits, it's just all red marks all over something that you have created. <laughs> yes. Um, that's a trigger. That's a that's like a hyper trigger for me. Mm-hmm. Like I've just finally mustered up the courage to be really honest about all these things. And then someone's like, okay, about all those words you wrote, <laughs> here's, here's what we thought. <laughs> um, right. So. Um, I get into that. I get into like the family of origin that you have. Like they defined for you what it was like to be someone who has a role in a family or parents in a certain way. And 
um, the idea that I had to parent like my parents was something that uh, was a lie that I really struggled with at the beginning. And by the way, like holding a respect and an appreciation for the way my parents were as parents and how necessary it was for me to depart from that in yes. a way that didn't honor how they raised me, but in a way that would serve my children well. Man, that took some work. Uh, I get into a, a lot of identity stuff, right? Like I had this job and had this title that I thought made me who I was and how I was. And having decided to leave that identity, grappling with who I am and what my worth is and whether I am still, you know, as meaningful a contributor to society without president of distribution on a business card uh, was a big thing that I think, man, people stay in jobs they shouldn't be in for way too long because of the way they've afforded their identity on a card rather than the power of the fulfillment that exists in their being. I, I mean, I can keep going, but I, I don't want to spoil all the things. You tell me, you tell me how much you want me to actually talk about this book because I'll literally sit here for the rest of the time. Oh my God. I just, I think if you're a human, <laughs> you're, you're going to relate to all of that. And I love how transparent you guys are. Um, just as in your, I, I still see you as your own people, although you're such a couple. Like, so I, I'm so glad that you came out with this book too, because I think it's going to be awesome to hear from the partner's perspective of what's going down while one is maybe on a rocket ship or, you know, out in, in front in the beginning. Um, so I'm like ridiculously excited and you guys should go grab this book and tag Dave and let him know what your favorite parts were or what's really resonating for you in your life right now so that we can see if we're all the same and on the same page with that. So um, so excited for that, Dave. I, I can't even wait to get my copy. Thank you. Um, I'm super good. I'm going to send you and Chris copies in real time. If humans that are listening actually end up pre-ordering the book, I will tell you there is a uh, a real-time opportunity to hear the first 30 minutes of the book that I narrate. Mm. If you go to getoutofyourownwaythebook.com, you just drop in your info. And then as additional bonuses show up, I recorded a two-hour e-course on how to find your why. Mm. That'll be something that comes out closer to the new year. But if you buy the book, it's going to be my like, man, if you spend 15 bucks, can I give you a hundred bucks worth of value? Yeah. I will. Here, um, so Anyway, stay tuned for that. I appreciate the shout out for it. And anyone who wants to listen slash read this thing, uh, I hope it's a, a great book. Oh my God. It sounds like an awesome 2020 like book club book, like to prepare your, get it and go through it. Because really at the end of the day, I just always feel like if we knew how to get around our blocks, we'd be doing the thing. <laughs> well, oh, for sure. I mean, the reality too is it's like, I wrote the darn thing. I had these these experiences and I'm like having to go back and remind myself of what I've yeah. learned in the journey as there are new things that are being thrown my way that are triggers. Like, uh oh, wait a second, don't get don't get in your own way again. Mm-hmm. Remember this thing you need to do, whether it's a habit or a hack to stay out of it. Oh, that's, you know, that's so cool because you just reminded me of something that I'm doing a lot right now. And sometimes when we go to new level, we, we are going to the next level, right? We just, we just passed go, we're doing the stuff. Like we're like really proud of ourselves for certain things, but we're on to the next level and things feel hard again. It's like, 
everything is this, it's all recycled. It's just coming in a different form. So something that I'm saying, which is awesome, is like, you've been here before, just in a different way. Like we felt this before, we've experienced this before, you've overcome this before. It's just taking on a new form right now. So that's actually been something that's super powerful for me. But what- for- I think, I, I, I want to throw this out too, yeah. because I think this is important. And I know you, you and Chris are big believers in getting together with people in masterminds or just, you know, yes. like- Challenging the way that you think conventionally with people who have already had some experience or done things differently. The one of the biggest things that has changed the way that I've approached this business in the last year and a half has been the way that I've surrounded myself with people who have already traversed some of the things that we are walking through as an expanding business. So, uh, I, I and by the way, my skepticism it applied as much to the idea of a mastermind as anything else, mm-hmm. and I am now. On the other side of this, this is no ad. Like, I don't care whose mastermind you look at. I don't personally throw or run one, but I've been a part of a couple. I can't speak highly enough about the power of being in community with people who can affirm that the things that you're feeling are real and normal, or that if there's a thing that you're thinking about business model-wise or business-wise that they already have some experience in, it's just a fast path. You get yes. to like skip ahead in time rather than having to fumble through it and make all the mistakes. So do yourself the favor of considering that if you have not. Oh my God. Amen. I, I, I would not be where I am if it wasn't for masterminds, coaching events, and you guys have such epic events, you know, for wherever people are at really. So you have the rise conference and then you have, you're still doing rise together. So we, yeah, so we have the Rise Conference. Right now, there are conferences in Fort Myers, Florida in January, Toronto, Canada in March, in San Diego in June of 2020 that are announced. Uh, you can head to the uh, Hollister site for it if you're interested. But then also, we are, we've done the Rise Together conference live before. And the feedback from the audience was, man, there's a little more intimacy that may be required in doing this work well. Okay. So we are in real time recording an e-course of that live experience so that people can do it from their home. So that'll come out, I want to say in like the February. Okay, amazing. So we're going to link up all of the things uh, in this podcast, his book, um, the different conferences that are coming up. So anything on your heart, like in closing, that you just feel like you need people to know? Oh, man. You know what? I think it's, I'm so appreciative of you having me on here. I'm so appreciative of the work that you and Chris do on an every single day basis. Mm. And I I will say as a person who has now just for the last year and a half really been free by the pursuit of impact and the pursuit of unlocking what real potential exists inside of my being by doing something that was a departure from conventional thinking, departure from societal norms, departure from what the people who love me most thought was in my best interest. You have to, now responsibly, right? Don't do anything drastic, but you have to follow the, 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 the callings on your heart and the opportunity to fully take the gifts that were afforded you and gift them to people. Uh, the, this weird word influencer is a thing that like gets bandied about when you get a certain following uh, on social media, which is crazy to me. Every single person listening is an influence. You all individually have influence. 
And the way that you use the responsibility of your influence is a reflection of how much you're unpacking and delivering the gifts that you were gifted yourself. And if the gifts that you have are currently compromised by the station in your life, because you're living into, into an identity that society suggests you play by, you're living into a role that your friends, your mother-in-law, the other moms at PTA, the way that you think about what will this do to my kid? What will this do to my kid? I have four kids. What will this do to my kids? I ask this question in a completely different way. My kids, my three boys, will never, ever question a woman's ability to stand on stage, write number one New York Times bestselling books, lead any meeting, uh, sit in any boardroom because they have a mother who's modeling what it is to fully live into the gifts that she was afforded. Uh, my daughter, hopefully, will never need to read a book that my wife wrote called Girl Stop Apologizing because she's never modeled in our home this posture of, of, of apologizing for who she is and what she can be. So anyway, uh, sorry, a sidetrack, but if there is something that other people have ordained is the way that you should be, and that way in some way constrains the unleashing of the impact that you could have if only your gifts were fully available to the audience that needs them so desperately, reject the ridiculousness of those people because those people don't have to live with the possibility of you regretting not having fully left that gift out on the world. I, I, I lived by some rules of what real men do and how real executives operate and how husbands are supposed to provide this and not that. And most of the things that I believe that society ordained or that people I love suggested was in my best interest, I have rejected. And the fruit that's come in that rejection is so abundant and so fulfilling, even though it's been disrupting, it's been the best. So, you know, trust. Trust your instinct, make, yes, responsible choices, but don't let the worry of what other people might think be the gate that keeps you from letting your gift be an influence of those. So good. I have so thoroughly enjoyed this time. I'm so grateful for you, for all that you're doing, for the work that you're doing on yourself, for the emotions you're experiencing and working through and sharing with everyone. Um, that's so, so powerful. And I just think that it's beyond powerful for people who are working together as well. So you guys are a massive North Star in our lives and we are so grateful. So we will, I'll look for your book. I'll be sharing your book. Your book. I'll be Thank loving you. all of the the 20 lies that we're going to be getting out of our own way with. And I always end on one very last question. Uh-oh. <laughs> You're like, I thought I answered all the questions. <laughs> this one, this one's quick. So you're either in passing of a total stranger or in an elevator for like a ride of like three floors. It's like 30 seconds long. And they look over at you and they ask you, how do I make myself happy? What do you say? If they say, how do I make myself happy? I say, put yourself in a position to grow because the tie between growth and fulfillment is one of the strongest in the universe. And if you aren't in a place where you are being pushed out of your comfort zone into a place where growth is possible, you'll never truly be. Oh, needed that. All right. Thank you so much. And you guys, if you loved this episode as much as I did, make sure you text it to a friend right now. Literally go text your friend right now and be the person that gives them a gift today. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. 
Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community and everyone is talking about the power of community without an online community you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement which is what i know that we're all after and you can build trust or monetize your audience when you get community right not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody gonna be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. 
Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool. Hey all, I'm so excited to share with you, Earn Your Happy is now part of Growth Day Podcast Network. A bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world and support shows and brands that we truly believe in. And one of my friends is also on the network and I'd love for you to go subscribe to his show. You guys, Trent Shelton has the most incredible podcast. It's called Straight Up with Trent Shelton. And it's going to remind you that you are built for this. I have heard Trent speak in person multiple times. I've listened to his podcast a ton. He's coming on the show and I literally cannot wait because this man just spits straight fire. It is like truth that goes to your core and makes you take action right away. If you want one of those podcasts that when you're just out on a walk, you can't help but want to start running and run through a wall in your life, this is the show to go listen to. So you guys make sure that you go subscribe to the show straight up with Trent Shelton. You're going to love it.